Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. Bouncing back into another big edition of the Talking Hoops Podcast. It is Ned joined by Traith and John in a brand new location. Let's kick things off with you, Johnny Fitz. How are you, man? You've been doing the most painful yeah. job in the world, moving. Yeah. Has it been okay? It was shocking. It was shocking. But uh, we're just about settled in now, so I don't have my full setup with me, but uh, enough just to get back on the podcast because I really missed last week. I missed hanging out with you boys. So it's good to be back and, um, yeah, no, keen to, uh, keen to get the proper set up here but in the meantime i'm happy to uh, to join you fine folks man as long as you're on board johnny that's all that counts it was a difficult week last week i was getting over the cooties you were moving Traith leffler had his appendix out it was a week that probably shouldn't have even went ahead as far as the podcast but me and the man Traith, <laughs> we, we kicked on anyway didn't we left how are you brother how's things shaping up in your world yeah, man, a lot better than last week. That's all I can say. I can finally sit up and move on my feet again, which is good. It was nice to have a conversation with you, even though we probably got carried away a little bit too much without you there, Fitzy. It's always good to have you guide the conversation, man. So it's <laughs> nice to have you back on board. But yeah, just feeling better in general, mate. Just feeling better. That is great to hear, my man. That's great to hear. I've got a little bit of a beef with basketball at the moment, and we're going to get into this shortly because we're going to go through a bunch of topics here. I want to get both of you guys' takes on it. But this is what happens with me, and Johnny knows this because he's been friends with me for many years now. I kind of sulk with basketball or I love it. So when the Pistons finally got that win, I was like, yes, basketball is the greatest sport in the world. But at the moment, the Pistons are lonely, like one and five or one and six and something like that. Cade Cunningham is underachieving like you wouldn't even believe at the minute. It's scary. It's doom. It's gloom. So I'm sort of hiding from the NBA at the moment, which isn't good when you've got a podcast, man. But yeah, that's just to sort of fill you in where I'm at at the moment. Johnny's been on on the road like we talked about, but have you got a lot of viewing in left? I've gotten a fair bit. I haven't got as much in as I would have liked, to be honest. I just, I get so unmotivated to do anything. It's 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 so funny. I've got like so much free time that I end up doing hardly anything with all that free time. But I've watched a fair few games. I've tried to keep up with most of the highlights, look at most of the box scores. So I've got a, a fairly good grasp on the way things are going. That's good to hear. And we'll, we'll jump into that shortly, but we're going to kick things off with these NBA City Edition uniforms. Johnny, you were all over this, man, so oh, we have yeah. to talk about these City Edition uniforms. What are your takes on them, man? We'll have to pop these up on the social media pages so people can check them out if they haven't already. Definitely worth looking into. Love that nostalgic feel. What one sort of jump out for you, my man? The the one, and I'm a little bit biased, I suppose, because being a New Jersey Nets fan, the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets jersey stood out to me. Like that was yeah. that is the pinnacle jersey for mine. But I tell you what, every year they've done these jerseys, they're getting better and better. I feel, and now it's kind of moved into a trend of the throwbacks, almost like you look at the the uh, the, the the options they've come up with this year, and a lot of them are throwbacks to kind of that mid two thousands era, Eddie, where you and I were all over the NBA, of course, as we still are. But some of these jerseys yeah. are just a home run for mine. The Toronto Raptors one in there looks awesome. A lot of black options in there, which is cool too. Like the Magic's got a different vibe. So does New York. But uh, but overall, man, I'll tell you what, these are all top-notch jerseys and I'd love to get my hands on a Nets one. And probably my second favourite would have to be the Sixers. I reckon that one's a pretty cool jersey too. But again, they've just knocked it out of the park. And I just love looking forward to this time every year just to see what everyone's coming up with. Yeah, absolutely love it. Very well summed up there, man. Is there any real misses there for you, John? 
Uh, look, it's hard to say. Probably, I don't think any of us like the Lakers jersey all that much. Just having a look at that one. Um, the yeah, the, probably the Atlanta one. You made a really good point just off air that it kind of looks like one of those jerseys at the, that's at the bottom of the bag when you're handing them out at the end of the season just to fill up a team. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, you know, most of them are pretty cool. I would say that that's just you know. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's something that, like I sort of said, I think NBA fans look forward to every season to see what the city jerseys are going to look for, especially when the trend with the NBA is to go back to more sort of stock standard kind of jerseys these days. You don't get too many oh, funky really designs. Yeah, which I actually like, but it sort of really highlights the cool designs that they can come out with these city edition jerseys. So yeah, I reckon hats off to all the NBA designers that got amongst it. Will we see you sporting one of these Atlanta Hawks jerseys, John? Because, yeah, that's very much old school throwback there. I'd like to see you sporting one now that you are on the Hawks bandwagon. Uh, look, I might have to consider it. I, I read it was <laughs> sort of a, um, a, a nod to one of their very first jerseys, I believe, with the yellow. But um, yellow is not a, not, probably not my best colour, Eddie. So maybe I'll uh, I'll get one up and I'll, I'll hang it in the office instead. <laughs> Never been big on yellow either, but let's switch gears to you, Traith. What are you thinking here, man? Philadelphia and Dallas. I very much remember when Dallas was sporting a very similar sort of jersey to this back in the day. I'm not sure if you do, Johnny, but I, I remember having basketball cards with a very similar jersey to that. You said that stale yeah. off air, air left. What were your hits and misses from, from these ones, man? Yeah, man. Well, this is sort of the first time I've had looking at them, but yeah, I'm not a not a big fan of the Dallas one. I, I sort of, I've seen the old school logo and it does sort of look similar to that, but having a look at these, I'm actually a huge fan of the Golden State Warriors. Like, I love I love all the black theme. I reckon black jerseys mm. go really really well. Like, hey Trey, I know personally. Are you young enough to are you young enough to remember? Got these Nikes in black. You'd remember that, Johnny. That's <laughs> yeah. all I think of. Got any blacker? No, too young. No, you would know. Way over young. my head. I'm sorry, bro. Keep head. going. <laughs> nah, that's all right, man. You have to explain that to me later, or you can do it here on air. <laughs> but yeah, look. I love the black jerseys. I think the, the Toronto one looks really cool. That looks awesome. Taking it back. Yeah. I sort of, was that sort of like the, the Chris Bosch sort of jerseys when he was playing? I don't know with the dinosaur on there. Looks sort of cool. Probably the, the start OKC of his look. career. Yeah, that's a throwback to your Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, that kind of era. Yeah. Sort of when Chris Bosch came to town. Okay, because that looks pretty cool. I reckon OKC is pretty simple, pretty nice, just straight white. But I reckon that looks pretty nice. Aside from that, though, you know, there's, I reckon there's some pretty, some pretty average ones. I'm not a big fan of the Washington one. I don't think that looks very nice, just with the blue and the red stripe straight through. I reckon Phoenix has got an awesome one, not too different from but that is just awesome. The Valley, look at that with the city skyline in the background. That is just awesome. Really jumps out to you. Aside from that, though, some cool ones. Well summed up there, Lep. I'll say, like, I don't, I don't agree with the OKC one. I think that's pretty boring, man. Like, there's there's not much happening there. Just straight white jersey. <laughs> like, you have to take a second look at that. But, Fitzy, I think you summed it up well with them sort of going back to that old school feel and just sort mm. of very simple and plain. Um, the Spurs is very much a throwback jersey there. Chicago, same deal. Sixes is cool. I like the Pistons one. want to see the, the horse come back, though. A lot of the Pistons fans are jumping on that at the moment. But, yeah, no, that, that's, that's cool all around right there, guys, and a lot of black like you mentioned. Now, let's switch things up. We're going to talk about the NBA right now. A big talking point is Damian Lillard. What are you, what are you guys thinking on this? He's got some early season struggle 
John? Yeah. I don't know. Look, is it jitters left or is there something else going on there? Obviously, we talked quite a bit about the Damien Little situation in the off in the off season there. Was he going to get traded? Was CJ McCollum going to get traded? Were they going to bring some pieces in? What was going to happen in there? So, obviously, he's a confidence player. Uh, he needs to be in the right mindset, sort of right mind frame to perform at his best. But... I don't know, man. Like, I just, I can't place Damien Lillard right now and uh, on his current form. Uh, it's obviously hurting the, the the Trailblazers. And I'll get your thoughts on some of these one and six or one and seven teams in a minute, Nettie. Of course, obviously, the Detroit Pistons are in there. But left, yeah. where do you place Lillard at the moment? So, um, interesting situation. Mate, I don't know what to make of Lillard at the moment. I thought, you know, he committed to the team. He said, look, I'm here. I'm, I'm here for the long haul. I want to be here with, with Portland. And, but... He hasn't had a good start to the season. Super duper inefficient, averaging less than 20 points per game. You know, I don't even think he's up. He's he's averaging about eight and a half assists, which is not too bad. But, you know, the three the three bombs are not dropping. Like, I think he was like two for nine in his last game. Mid-range is not happening. I don't know. He just, he's not looking good right now. CJ McCollum's picked up the slack a fair bit. But yeah, look, in terms of Dame, I just think he's having, he's having a shooting slump. He'll get back into it like... No doubt, Damian Lillard, the man to flamethrower, like he will get back into it soon. I'm sure he'll be averaging in the high 20s, low 30s again soon. But I don't know, he just started the season, jitters, maybe the, the changes with the defense and the offense. I don't know, what do you guys think? Well, here's something interesting for you when you're talking about the off shooting and that sort of thing, especially when it comes to the three-point line. I was reading this now. Uh, it's the lowest since 2004 across the whole NBA, and it's since the change of ball. Did you guys read that? They're using a Wilson yeah, basketball okay. now, and the three-point shooting is down at 34.2%. The lowest, I don't know, wait a second, lowest since 1999. The field goal percentage is 446 which is the lowest since 2004. So it's not wow. just, it's an all-round thing. Wow. The guy is finding it hard to adjust to this ball, it would seem. Crikey, that's interesting. Um, I was going to say, would you say 34% from three? I think that's a stat that I read recently. Was yeah, what was yeah, that's, what, that's what Eric Bledsoe averaged from three last year, and he's a shocking three-point shooter, which <laughs> just goes to sh- goes to show, yeah, how low everything's happening. It's, it's interesting. I wonder if it's the ball. It's like the last time they changed it. They changed it, mm. all the players complained, and they had to change it back again, so... I wonder if that'll happen again, because here's some more disturbing news for you. My boy, Kate Cunningham, zero from 14 from the three-point line. (laughs) Wow. There's some Ned Tepper statistics if ever I've read them. Dude, you got a campaign. (laughs) Sorry, bro? You got a campaign. Change that ball. Kate Cunningham. Yeah, I need to, don't I? We're going to blame that (laughs) ball. We should have done that at the Horsham Basketball Association, John. Change the ball. (laughs) Tepper hasn't scored in six months. It's got to be the ball. <laughs> oh, it's funny, isn't it? And it's funny you bring up left the other. Uh, I remember the last time they changed the ball. It was like after like the first round of games, all the players were complaining about it and they switched it back within, you know, however long it was. So I remember that vividly. So it'll be interesting to see if they make enough noise. Maybe they'll flip it back to the, uh, to the old sporting. But yeah, not, not a great start for uh, for New Pill. No. Yeah, that's exactly right. How long ago was that, do you know, off the top of your head there, Fitzy? It doesn't ring a bell to me. It was a good ten years ago now, I'd say. It was it was a little while ago. Um yeah, I can't remember exactly. We have to look into that one. But look, maybe that might uh, you know, be the, the cause of a few of these other teams, man, that have started to struggle. 
uh, from the season. A few of them a little bit yeah, surprisingly, yeah. but um, maybe they've caused LeBron to, to crack them the other day as well. He's been a bit up and down in a few of these games. Maybe it's just the new ball. Maybe it just, you know, has something on it or whatnot that just sort of causes them to lose their powers, Space Jam style. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Lef suggested that last week, actually, on one of the players. I can't remember now. You had a beautiful Space Jam reference in there. But I tell you what, it has been a surprising start to the season. LeBron has sort of bounced back a little bit. But the Lakers, they've been sort of fairly off, really, and they've got a pretty easy schedule, the teams they've come up with so far. So they're sitting not too bad in the standings. But you wanted to point out, Johnny, about the Chicago Bulls and their ripper run that they've had so far. They're sitting second in the entire Eastern Conference, 6-1, and one, uh, as are the Miami Heat, who are my dark horse here. Like, I know you guys think um, Milwaukee's going to take this thing out, but I'm thinking, man, the Miami Heat, they are looking all sorts of good and a very fun team to watch. But my question, I guess, to both of you is because we are concentrating on the Bulls here. Do you think Chicago can keep this up? Six and one right now, looking very good. Yeah, look, I'll I'll, um, I'll say I I don't don't think they'll keep up that kind of form for the full season. But for what what it is for Chicago, it's the guys that they've brought in that's making the difference. DeMar DeRozan, Mm -hmm. he's been fantastic. Vucevic has played really well to start with. Lonzo Ball almost looks like a new player in that Bulls lineup. He's been fantastic as well. So I would say, look, they're going to be up there this season, the Chicago Bulls. You remember when we did our preview, we're sort of talking about a lot of these teams that are kind of in the middle in there that we couldn't quite place. And I reckon the Bulls are one that sort of got out the gate very quickly and, and very nicely. And I'm loving what they're doing at the moment. It's good to see the Bulls up and about. Like, I know they're the big team that a lot of people followed in the 90s and whatnot, but, you know, they've been down for a long time now, so they're definitely due, I feel, Chicago. But left the Miami Heat, man, they're absolutely caught fire, if you pardon the pun. <laughs> Quite literally, man. The Miami <laughs> Heat, are just, they're gunning. They are just gunning. I, I want to quickly say with the Bulls, I think... I think they are going to slow down a little bit, but I could definitely see them finishing as a top three seed in the East this year. Like I, I still mm-hmm. think personally that the Bucks, once they get their full team back together again, they're going to get it kicking and they're going to finish as the number one seed. Although we'll see, we'll see. You never know based on the way things are going. Miami and the Bulls are awesome, but yeah, look, the Bulls have just been so good, like defensively, like Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball are mm-hmm. everywhere at once. They're forcing turnovers, great, great ball stoppers, point of attack defenders. Um, even Vucevic hasn't been too bad, actually. Like, he's an underrated interior defender, in my opinion. And DeMar DeRozan, man, that guy's been insane. I mean, the Bulls literally are one game-winning shot away from being 7-0 and this season. Like, if DeMar DeRozan yeah. hit that game-winner, like, we're looking at the Bulls in a completely different light. The Bulls have been insane so far. I would not be underrating them at all. Also, Zach Levine's been awesome still, <laughs> so they're... they're Good team, good team. They are, yeah, and I man. think that was, I think early season, this is just totally off the top of my head, though. Were they even meant to make the playoffs in those power predictions, or they were going to be like in around that eight, nine sort of slot or the play in tournament? Is that what it was? Do you remember left? And at the moment, they're looking like the team in the East, and we've got the Bucks and the Cavs equal at 10 and, 10 and 11 with four wins, four losses. It's sort of a <laughs> bizarre standings right now. Yeah, dude, I think I think they were in the six range. I think they were okay. Yeah, around six. Because I know we had Nets, Hawks, Bucks, 76ers, and Yeah, actually they might have they might have been the eight, man. I don't know. Looking at it yeah, now, they I know were the down heat. there. They were. Yeah, the uh, heat. Yeah. Off the top of my head, but yeah, like your boys are looking okay there, left five and two, and they've got the Pistons coming up next. I saw that today, and the tears just started to drop out of my eye. The only thing those power rankings got right was the Pistons and the Magic down at the bottom of the conference. 
<laughs> yeah, but I tell you, I tell you, the magic. If you are a magic fan, you should be very, very happy with that starting lineup. When when all five players, it's Jalen Suggs, um, Franz Wagner, Mo Bamba. My brain's losing it, but anyway, their starting five has actually had the best rating in the league when they all play together. They're like plus twenty when they play together. I don't know how yeah, they're what? two and like how they're two and six. I reckon they're deliberately losing games, but they look really, really good when they're playing together. Oh, so who are you saying they deliberately lost to? The Pistons there left. That's our only victory versus the lonely Orlando Magic. They must have heard the pot and thought, man, we've got to throw this guy a bone. They're not gonna win a game all year. But no, I do I do love the look of the magic like we were talking about. And we do like to see them go well. Again, it is very, very early days. John, you wanted to also talk about the Celtics. Man, I was reading there was a there was a trade rumor with Blake Griffin mm. going to the Celtics, which is a sore spot for me with with Griffin. But apparently, he's got an insider, a friend on the team, who said, "Don't go there. Don't go to Boston. The yeah, the morale's down low, and all this sort of thing." Which I found very interesting. I'm not sure if you heard anything about that. A little bit, yeah. I read something on Twitter about that, but there's definitely something not right with the Boston Celtics, and that starting five looks pretty ordinary, actually. But yeah. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum getting it done as they sort of do, but there's just no chemistry in that side at the moment. And even just looking at the Eastern standings, like you sort of alluded to there, Nettie, like it just looks all sort of higgledy-piggledy, doesn't it? It's a bit up and down and side to side with a lot of those teams that are projected to to you know finish high, just starting very slowly. But the Boston Celtics have got a lot to work out, especially early on when you've got teams like Miami, Chicago, that have just bust out of the gate. Not to mention, let's give some love to the Washington Wizards as well, who have just come out of nowhere. Spencer Dinwiddie's been playing well to start the season. Of course, Bradley Beal's fired up too. So a lot of teams are performing well early season, which is, I mean, whether they can keep it up or not, we do see it quite frequently. Uh, but so far, so good for some of those sides. And yeah, I don't know about Boston, man. They've got to work that out. But there's definitely a problem with culture, I would think, at the Celtics at the moment. Leif, I'm not sure if you've heard a bit more than me, but um, yeah, not, not a good start to the season. Dude, the, the Celtics are a dumpster fire right now. Do you see that quote from Marcus Smart? He's like, coming into games, you know, everyone knows that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are the scorers, but they're not passing. They don't pass. They won't pass oh. those guys. And he said this in front of the media. And I was like, not good. Nah, that is a bigger indicator of how things are going than the losses. Look, the Celtics have gone to two double overtimes. They could very well be, you know, four and two right now four and three something like that they could very well be a little bit better but the fact that their chemistry is just so out of mm. whack you've got their leader i would say their locker room leader probably is marcus smart maybe el Horford now that he's back but it's just there's something going on there whether it's brad stevens having moved out of you know to the front office not being coach or just those young guys not really stepping up i don't know but i'd be worried as a celtics fan I'd be extremely worried if that's the case. I didn't realize that he came out and said that in front of the media. That is a big, big no-no right there. And that's not locker room leader material right there. That's going to cause some in-house beef, I would say, Johnny, if that's the case. Yeah, absolutely. And having both of us been involved with plenty of teams where culture is the main point, like that's just out the window complete with the Boston Celtics. And the Brad Stevens factor... Probably is a big one. I mean, they've got to warm up to a new coach. We know what Brad Stevens, Stevens is like as a coach. 
big culture Fantastic. sort of guy. As a young guy, he connects with those athletes. Like, it's a huge change for the Celtics. And maybe something didn't go quite right during the offseason. It could be, you know, something from last season. Who really knows? Because it's a lot of the similar cast that's come back. So, especially when you get guys like Marcus Smart coming out saying things like that. Big warning signs. What do you do? Like that, that's the thing. Like Tatum and Brown are two franchise players. I mean, you can't get rid of. Well, you couldn't. I'm assuming they shouldn't get rid of one of them. But you know, they need a shake up, and they need it pretty darn quick. That's for sure. Can I just throw no. an idea to you two? Yes. Go I was going to say. I was. I was having a think about this. Now, the number one problem that Boston has is they don't have a ball mover. Their issue. They keep trading for point guards who are who were score first point guards. You know, it was Kyrie Irving, then it was Terry Rozier, then it was obviously Kemba Walker. And now they've sort of got Dennis Schroeder, you know, those aren't the point guards they need. They need a pass first point guard. And I was thinking the perfect trade, especially considering that there's a bit of rumblings going around with Jalen Brown right now, not being happy. Like he's been sitting around in the fourth quarter offense, not being involved at all. Are you going to say Ben Simmons? Yes, I was actually going to oh. say. <laughs> I just thought he was going to say Simmons. Oh. Uh, no, but a Simmons for Jalen Brown trade would work out very well. Now, Jalen Brown a is the better move player. there, John. Let's go through uh, ben <laughs> yeah. in, into the, and that'll really get the culture in Boston yeah. up and about. Yeah. No, I'm but sorry I was to shut say, you down, but... left. I'm just thinking for no. the culture side of things, brother. <laughs> Look, I just, I, I know, I know. It is a, it's probably a bit of a downgrade in terms of player for player. Jalen Brown's definitely better than Ben Simmons is now, but it sort of addresses that issue of a, a real, a pass first player because Ben, we know, is not a score first player. And then Jalen Brown a bit perfect on the sixes. But I just think that, I don't know, it's just an idea I was floating around. It probably won't go ahead. I don't think that they're going to split up Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum anytime soon. But well, it's it a fantastic just trade for if you're a Sixers fan, I would think they'll be all about that, man. They'll be like, Trey Leftley, you were onto this left dog. <laughs> I like that, man. And I guess while we're talking about Ben Simmons, I did read from your good self that it's rumored he may play as soon as next week. Yeah, you can take that one back. Nah, that's, wow. I read another report. I read another report today saying that Ben's... They're trying to get Ben to work with the, the doctors through the Sixers, but he's not. He's only going through his private ones. He's claiming mental health issues. He's not work. He's not really informing the team what's going on. He's hanging around, but he's not really getting involved. It's not looking good. Mm. People are getting people are getting pissed off. To be honest, like as a fan, I'm getting pissed off. I just want him to play. Either play or just say or just trade him. Like. Well, it's interesting. I don't know if you saw the show last week, Johnny. Uh, Traith was touching on the Ben Simmons side of things and said that apparently the owners come out and said they'll they'll hold on to him for four years or something mm-hmm. if they don't get the mm-hmm. get the right trade for yeah. him. Which I think is, well, I actually think that's pretty great. You got to take a stance against against this, and I'd love to get your opinion on it. Yeah, it's a tricky one, and like I've mentioned once or twice, it's an NFL tactic almost for players to hold out. I mean, it's a 17-game season for them to hold out while they're waiting for a trade or money or whatnot, but having worked, I suppose, in a very low-key sense in a front office in a basketball <laughs> club, I guess you'd say that we do, I actually I put the I put the blame fully on the owners. If that was me, there's no one and I'd want anything to do with Ben Simmons. I kind of disagree in a sense. I'd be getting oh, out of really? the job or whatever they can get for him right now. Like Even just having him in that facility, there's money sitting there. You know, like they stuffed it up how many months ago and they didn't trade him for whatever offer they had on the table. Maybe they didn't know that he was going to sort of go down this path. But as, a, as someone who sort of can see the front office and culture and bring the right people 
around the group and you can see what's happened again we've already discussed the Celtics I'd be getting rid of him at all costs if that's for a packet of biscuits and a cup of tea easy out the door for mine just get him out there it's 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 not 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 only is it a you know the team can get some pieces back but the coach doesn't have to think about it. The, the teammates don't have to think about what's been doing. You know, they can just focus on what they've got to do. They haven't started the year terribly. They've got a nice base there to actually make a, make a dent, potentially a playoff run. I think they need to get rid of the distraction. Is my sort of I was going to say, the guy, it doesn't seem to be affecting them too much, does it, Johnny? Five wins, nah. uh, two losses, three losses, is it? They're in it fourth five and two man they're off to a great start and doing it without simmons it's kind of like when the boomers had their run in the olympics too i think simmons would have been quietly sitting back going oh they're not going to get it done without me and we played so well without him man and mm-hmm. the same deal with the 76ers at the moment they don't seem too phased on the court you're on a three-game winning streak left <laughs> yeah look it's we've had it we've had a bunch of good players step up like drummond's been awesome a person oh, he, i did not yeah. think was going to be good he had a massive game, didn't he? You watched oh, yeah. that one, did you? No, yeah, I saw like the stats points. for it, man. It was insane stats. Like we spoke about at the start of the season. That's not a bad backup center right there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. He's He's been good. But yeah, I don't know. The team, the team's doing all right at the moment. I think the record's a little bit misleading. We've had a lot of players who aren't playing too well, which I think we'll touch on later. But yeah, we're, we're treading water. We're treading water. That's all I'll say. Mm. And I feel like the way, to, the way to get away from treading water is to cut Simmons. I really feel like, how can you plan your season out when you've got a guy that just refuses to be involved? Like, I just... It's disappointing. Like, it's disappointing to see, like, a play like that, what the talent that he had. He could have led the Boomers to maybe a silver medal, potentially. He could have been out there leading... He's a very young core with some great players around him to potentially a, a deep East Coast sort of playoff run. So it's, it's frustrating. And I would think if that was me, I mean, who are we? Sort of no one down here, but <laughs> you'd be getting rid of him for whatever you can get at this point. You just can't have guys like that. You've seen the photos of him hanging around the training facilities. Like, man, get on the court or get lost. Like, that'd be sort of what I'd be doing with him. But he's such a precious soul. We've obviously sort of worked out. So it's a uh, it's a tough situation. But you've got to feel for the Sixers, not just the coaching staff, the front office. Like, what do you do? So we'll see what happens. Well, luckily we've got Lef. He's got the answer, man. We trade into <laughs> Boston. It, it's all over there. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but I love this here. Charles Barkley has come out and described Zion Williams. Oh, no, Shaq has described him as Charles Barkley and Shaq's baby. How crazy and funny at the same time is that? Oh, yeah. Zion might need to hit you up, Lef. He's my, um, like, he's, he could be here on the pod with us, Johnny. We could have me, you, Gracie, Herbs, old school Herbs, just chilling here on the pod with Zion. What's going on there? And do you think that's a fair statement? Left, we're going to kick this off with you. Oh, man, Zion's a massive fellow, isn't he? He's a, he's a, a chubby bubby. He's a... <laughs> uh, there's not a lot to say. Do you think say. he looks he's like big... Shaq and, and Charles Barkley's baby, though? I reckon he looks like he ate Shaq and Charles Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's massive. He's he's he, they say he's three hundred pounds. He looks like he's like five hundred pounds. Like literally, like I I don't reckon I could pick him up. And I'm I don't know. He just he's massive. He's he doesn't even look fit. He just looks fat. Like I don't know. He's a big he's a big bloke. Uh, he'll he's get been back enjoying his cheeseburgers, man. What do you think on this, John? He definitely. Oh, mm. He definitely yeah. doesn't look in as pristine shape as one would like. 
No, and speaking from a man of the poorly uh, sort of stature, I can definitely see he's definitely been through McDonald's drive-thru a couple of times. But, I mean, like, it sucks again for the Pelicans. Like, their, their success really rides on Zion, and, and I guess he's... His hunger, not for the food, but for the game itself. But <laughs> do you like that one? His hunger for the game. Great choice of words, buddy. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. And, and look, it probably brings me into something oh. I wanted to sort of bring up as we talk about the Pelicans. You've got a few of these teams that are sort of one and six, one and seven. And I think the Pelicans are definitely the outlier there. You've got the Pistons, obviously, young core. Rockets are young core. Thunder are young core. And then the New Orleans Pelicans, who sort of haven't been able to cover that loss of him yet. And they're in all sorts of trouble, I feel, out of those teams. It's probably the Pelicans under the most pressure at the moment. I just had a quick look through some stats. Alexander Walker stepped up quite a bit. We did, I think we talked about him as one to watch um, for the upcoming season. Valentunas has sort of slotted in there nicely. Brandon Ingram's doing Brandon Ingram things. I think we did also say that between Ingram and Zion, they need that 50, 60 points a night to really be competitive. Yeah. So that's where the shortcomings are, are, are coming from. Zion being don't know like what's going on with the NBA these days with these players out there just beefing up and doing what they feel like it's just bizarre they need someone to follow Zion around every time he's like he goes to drive through that drive through damn it Zion we told you I'll do it (laughs) if it was me or John we'd be like yeah let's make it a 48 pack woo Uh, yeah I love it Uh, right there but I'd eat it for him right now, I reckon. I'm so hungry. Mm. I need to gain that weight back on. (laughs) Well, he's making up for all of us. Is there anyone else that you'd like to talk about when it comes to underwhelming players? We've talked about Cade Cunningham a little bit. I'd like to grab you guys' sort of points on that. Do you think it's just nervous jitters because of the pressure on his shoulders? Do you think it's because of the team he's playing for? Niggling injury that he's trying to fight off here. He looked good at times, but it's definitely, unfortunately, been underwhelming at best. Johnny, I'll kick it off with you, man. Oh, yeah, oh, left side's got a bullet in the chamber there. But I just think, for me, it's probably early days with these rookies. I mean, a lot of them do come in and make an instant impact, as we've seen. But they're building a team around him here. I think that's the key point. They've got a lot of good youth in that side. That's sort of what I sort of pointed out before. But I think it's going to take some time for him to really settle in. I'd be expecting him to do a few more good things in the second half of the season as they kind of get settled and find those rotations and find that sort of offensive playbook that works around Cade. But left, let us have it, man. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm looking forward oh, to hearing dude. this, Lev. He's chomping at the bit right here, Johnny. Oh, yeah. Two games. It's 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 been two games. Let's let's just give him plenty of time. He's not yeah. had any experience in the NBA level yet. He's just getting there. His feel for the game is not quite there. But I mean, I've watched some of those Cade highlights, or in this case, lowlights. But he's he's making some of those flashy passes. His teammates just aren't quite there. Like he's. You can tell he's, he's cerebrally he's there. Like he's he's following the game. He's he's making those plays. They're just not quite. The passes are a little bit off. His shots not quite falling. It'll it's get the there in time. It's the ball. yes, exactly. It's the ball. It's all the ball. <laughs> uh, but look, I reckon he's. I still reckon he's going to be awesome. He's he's the number one pick for a reason. Like he's still a generational level player. If everything clicks for him. Just give him some time. He's going to get back. Detroit Motor City is going to be there. 
exactly. Yeah, definitely. That and youth left, which is another thing we've got to remember, he's very young and only two games in. But yes, basketball forever and pages like this definitely painting it out to be all doom and gloom, which is something that it's not the case for Josh Giddy. Has he has he overdone expectations for you, John? He is looking good. No. Like really good. That man was built by God in a lab for NBA basketball. That's all I'll say. Yeah. That guy is built for NBA. He just looks at home. He's in a great situation. He's getting plenty of minutes. What was he, the youngest player to get 10 assists in a game or something? Left will correct me on that one. But he looks like he belongs. And I think this is just the tip of the iceberg for Josh Giddy. Possibly not talking rookie of the year or anything like that. But he's going to set himself up for a really nice NBA career at six foot seven, eight, whatever he is, playing with that handles, the shot, the touch around the rim. He's the complete NBA player and a really good prototype, especially if you look at what they sort of take into account at junior levels, sort of all these attributes that they look for in a player. It's basically Josh Giddy in a nutshell. That's what they're looking for. And it's obviously turned into some nice performances from him. And it's kind of cool to see a bit of behind the scenes stuff with him hanging around after the game, talking to those girls. Did you guys see that? He's hanging around. <laughs> yeah, the train. I love that. Like, good on him. And it's really awesome to see him do so well. Yeah, because he's just a kid, man. He's, what, like 18 years old or is he 19 now? It's just so fantastic to see he's out there. He's getting it done, man. And like you said, Johnny, it's going to be a long career for him. And funny too, Lef, I'll let you jump into this before I ask John another question because I've got something else here. But your opinions on Giddy? Yeah, look, it's just interesting seeing the, the rookies coming out of the NBL. They're very polished. They have a. It seems they have a better feel for the game than most of the American or I don't want to say international prospects because some of them are quite good who come from EuroLeague, but just these American players, they just have a better feel for the game. Like their polish across the board is really good. Like one thing you can't deny about Josh Giddy, he is an exceptional playmaker. The scoring's still getting there, but his playmaking is excellent. Like he, he's mastered the pick and roll. His feel for the game is great. That's all I can say. Yeah, that's a very good point there. And that's basically what I was just about to ask Fitz because you're not the big NBL guy here, Trey. But I was pretty much going to ask that. What, what's going on here? Because Josh Giddy, he looked good in the NBL last year. Uh, Lonzo mm. Ball, he looked... Uh, Lamello Ball, sorry. He looked good in the NBL as well. But then these guys go over to the NBA and they look great. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just something yep. there, isn't there? There's got to be something about this league. Did you, Like, I, I thought Josh Giddy was going to be good. I didn't think he was going to be this good, though. And this mm. early, so far. I know, yeah. again, it's early days, but man. Yeah, excellent point by Lef. And he's, he's spot on the money. And I think it not only does it speak volumes for the NBL and the standard of the NBL, but also speaks volumes for the coaches in the NBL. Like, look at Josh Giddy. Remember, Nettie, the first two or three games he spent? I think he was on the bench. I can't remember who was starting over him at the time. He came out and had a triple-double, I reckon, like his third or fourth game. And all of a sudden, he started every game of the season from yeah. that point. Him and Isaac Humphreys had that connection that you just can't teach. They let him play point guard for the whole season. He gets a feel for the pace of the game. He gets a feel for the playmaking. He's calling plays, being the, the man on offense. I mean, not only did the Adelaide 36ers have a few nice runs last year, but Josh Giddy was at the helm of all that. Well, think about what that kind of responsibility does to you when you're preparing to be drafted into the NBA. Like, yeah, it's a step up in terms of who you're playing against and with. But that confidence you take from being able to lead a team in the NBL, I think just speaks volumes, particularly like... Lamello and him are out here playing starting point guard in the NBL at 17, 18, whatever years of age. Like he gets to the team at Conia at 17, 18, and he's leading the way at age 18. Like I think the opportunity and the coaching allow for that. And I think that's brilliant, and it speaks volumes about the NBL, and it just makes me more excited to see sort of who's next in that line. 
Oh, exactly, man. Such a fantastic stepping stone. And yeah, like Lamelo as well. He's, I've seen a, a bunch of Hornets games and he is looking beyond good at the moment. And his three-point shooting is on point. I tell you what, I, I, I just... I can't get over it, to be honest with you, man. Like, it, it's just such a fantastic thing. And the NBL is going to be starting up again soon. So, Traith, we're going to start looking into a, a team for you to follow. The man that doesn't follow a team, Mr. Leffler. Should we start putting feelers out yet, Johnny? Or maybe on the next episode, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the NBL. We'll go through some of the teams. We'll go through some of the signings because we're around about a month away from it. Um, or less than a month now getting underway. Yeah. We'll try to get someone for Leff. I know you're on the Jack Jumpers now. I've got no idea who I go for really but we need to find someone for left and maybe that's what we can mm. jump into in the next episode what do you think I think so I think we need to work out maybe like what, what sort of team do you like to follow left do you want to follow a team that's kind of had the success in recent years like a Perth or a Sydney or maybe a team's got a good young core like the Hawks or uh, or Cairns someone like that obviously Nettie and I sort of jumped on the oh I'm on the Jack Jumpers and Nettie's still kind of Melbourne United I suppose maybe a little bit Phoenix wherever you sit in the middle there somewhere I suppose it depends sort of like what team you want to jump on board and uh, and we can kind of steer, steer you in the right direction but I think we both Nettie have a soft spot for the Cairns Taipans um, and I think they're in line yeah. for a bounce back season this year after whatever you want to call last year probably Mike Kelly and, and they just couldn't get it done so I think they're in line for a bounce back if you want to get onto an exciting team and of course, probably Illawarra Hawks would be the second in line there with Brian Gorge, the best coach in the country at the helm. Another young core. Tyler Harvey's coming back. Like they're going to be all sorts of good this season. So yeah, a couple of good suggestions there. Yeah, Tyler Harvey, I reckon, in the Illawarra Hawks is someone that I would probably sort of look down that line of their left. Definitely, you make some great points there. I've got a very, like, not really for the Phoenix so much, but I've got a soft spot for the Kings because of Sean Bruce, who's featured on mm. Talking Hoops or, you know, Grey Wolf Hoops as it was back then. And it's more about the players in the NBL for me than the, the teams as such. But we've also had Mitch McCarron, who's gone over to Adelaide. They've had, yeah. we talking about them before with Giddy. I'm looking forward to them sort of taking place. But I like where you're going, the Cairns or the Illawarra side of things. But left, maybe you might even want to catch some games first and feel it out a bit we can't just say oh there's your team you're going for them sort of thing you know what i'm saying but yeah tyler harvey last year i was all over him on the fantasy league there too so could be a go johnny i like that hmm. Hmm. i like the idea of starting with a team who are probably a young rebuilding sort of starting off low and letting them build up it was interesting you mentioned the name sean bruce i think i know his mother julie bruce Oh, most uh, we're, definitely, we're, man. Yeah, I was going to say, we're friends with her. So. But anyway, just, just, just interesting. Small world, isn't it? <laughs> it is, and surely you know that her sons are all basketballers, man. Surely you know this. Yeah, yes. Yeah, no, nice. I, I was going to say, because... Yeah, I see it all over social media whenever she's posting stuff. I was just, I was just thinking, I was thinking, oh, Sean Bruce, yeah, I, that sounds familiar. But yeah, I, I reckon good. those two are good. Good, good teams. I reckon. I reckon the Taipan, the one I might jump on. Don't want to. Don't want to say it too early. I'll let you guys steer the ship and see how we go. But they're looking good. No, I like that right there. Scott Machado, man, is an absolute. I think he's coming back to Kansas, and he John like. Man, and I actually, here's a question for you, Johnny. And like, we're not long off wrapping up here, but is Cam Oliver going to be coming back to Kansas yeah. now that? Nothing official, but I have read because he was let go of wherever he was playing in the NBA G League. I think I can't remember now. Wherever he was playing, he's been he's been let go. So there's a rumor and hopefully a chance that he comes back. Because him and Scott Machado, man, are like 
the best pairing in the NBL just about to watch. And obviously, they lost DJ Newball before last season, which I think was a massive hole to fill. They've had some time to sort that out now and bring some fresh faces in. So, yeah, I, I think the Taipans will be one to watch there because obviously they had that massive season the one before um, and then just fell flat on their face last season. So, as a team that's kind of on the rise left, they're, they're right up there. Again, like I said, I love what the Hawks are doing. I kind of forgot Mitch McCarron now, boy. He's gone over to Adelaide now. They've got a good yeah. young core. He's going to kind of fill in that point guard role off Giddy, essentially. So lots of good teams. And like we, we say it all the time, the league is in such a good position right now with you know the ESPN deal. We've got the next-gen deals. We've got everything going on at the moment with the NBL. Like It's a great time to get involved. And uh, we'll help you pick a team left and, yeah, and make some interesting banter as the season goes on, I'm sure. Mm. Thank cool. you. Yeah, look at that. He's like, yeah. What a respectable young gentleman he is right there, Johnny. You've got to love that, Trey Leffler. But, guys, I think we'll almost call that a day for this edition of Talking Hoops, unless there's anything else you'd like to throw in there at the minute, John? No, not really. It's uh, great to be back. And like I said, hopefully I'll have my proper setup from next week. But it's great to join you guys and talk some hoops. It's the best sport on the planet and can't wait to get stuck in some NBL. Netty, we're going to be able to talk a bit of local basketball soon. We've got our first training session this weekend with your little team. And I just can't wait to be you know back and back talking hoops. Oh, hell yeah. How about yourself, Left? Is there anything else that you'd like to throw in there, my friend? I'm, I'm, I'm keen to be back and moving again, man. I'm keen to get back to work <laughs> and get back into things. And, and it's nice to have basketball going on and just to talk with you guys and get life going again. So, so I like that, that right Basketball's there. fun. What about that though, John? What a simple man to please there. You're not much to please. Yeah. He just wants to move again. I think that's fantastic right there. <laughs> be sure to hit us up on those socials, Facebook, Talking Hoop podcast great wolf entertainment.net for all of the the podcast what's the twitter handle off the top of your head there johnny i know it's talking underscore hoops underscore podcast on instagram but twitter talk hoops pod it is on twitter we had to summarize it just a fraction so we've got a little bit of traction going on the old twitter nowadays it's sort of you where do, i man. hang out most of the time so i absolutely love it so give us a follow on twitter we usually retweet some funny stuff and uh, get amongst the discussion so yeah follow us on all the socials and we'll be back next week thanks fellas This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network, greywolfentertainment.net.